Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Gay With God podcast, a safe place for us to share our stories and support one another. How long did we know? What challenges did we face? Did we lose our faith? When did we find our way back home? Or are we still searching? The stories you hear on this podcast will melt your heart and strengthen your belief that in God, all things are possible and you can be authentically gay with the God of your understanding. I'm your host, Midge Noble, and I am very honored that you are here. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Gay With God podcast. This is Midge Noble, your host, and I have a disclaimer today. So I'm not feeling well, so I don't know how long my voice is going to last. And we're going to pretend just for today and maybe next week and who knows how many weeks after this that that we are doing a live taping. Now, we're not, but I am having some deck work done on my house and my office is right next to my deck, which is being dismantled as we speak. Um, This was an emergency issue. All of a sudden, the board started rotting and it was becoming extremely unsafe for the kiddos and for me when I stepped on one of the steps. I don't know exactly what happened. It's not termites, um, but it was some some bad boards, I think, in the beginning, and it's just gotten progressively worse. And then all of a sudden, you know, as time does for all of us. It's never a good time <laughs> to to have to do a major project like this, um, just as far as when your life is just full anyway, and you have to do this. It's just um, not always fun. So if you hear banging, you might hear some distant dogs barking. I've got them like two doors, closed doors in between us, but um, little Kona has a very shrill not bark. It's not a bark. It's a shrill scream, really. So if you hear any of that, I am perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong, (laughs) but there may be some noises that we can't tune out today. So let me take a little uh, sip of my coffee. Keep that little throat going. So today I want to talk about exegesis. Now exegesis is a way to study your Bible and it, it really means like unpacking a scripture. And there are questions that we want to ask while we're doing that. Who said it? When was it written? What was happening in in the scripture and maybe a little bit before or, you know, what was going on um, during that time? And um, we want to kind of be able to look at it not only through those questions, but also what do you think that this passage is trying to say to us right now? And what does this passage try to say to the church and to the world? So if you believe, as I do, that God is still working, yes, he created everything from the beginning, if you believe that. But yet, if you look at the diversity of what we have through the creation that God did originally, God is continuing to create. The people that are being put on earth who are scientists and geniuses and know how to work software and all of those things, work is still being done to bring us to another level. You know, all the children born today are downloaded with technology that, you know, your two-year-old or, you know, a grandchild or a child can do things on a, on a phone (laughs) that we can't do in our elder ages. So, you know, it's just incredible um, how things are continuing to evolve and move and, and God is part of that. 
And if you look at just the diversity in our community, as we're continuing to define and refine and get clear about our own gender, our own expression in the world, who are we compared to who we were? As I wrote this memoir, um, it's like, wow, I, I'm looking back at a person that I still am, but I'm not the same at all. I don't present the same in what I feel comfortable wearing. I don't act the same. I don't have the same passions that I had then that I'm having now. So it's like God is still working in me and moving through me and and calling me into more things. And even though I've done an internet radio show and I'd had a podcast, you know, Empowered Hearts earlier on, what I'm doing now is just leaps and bounds forward that fits right in my soul. It all fit in my soul at the time, but that's what I'm talking about, that, you know, I was doing something that I really loved and I thought I would always do it. And then all of a sudden, as I continued to grow and lean into what God is calling me to do, it evolved and it changed and it became bigger and more expansive. So, so bigger and expansive are the same. <laughs> Did I mention that I'm not feeling really well? It probably wouldn't have mattered. That's just the way I roll anyway. I say things that are not always sensible, but anyway, so I wanted to talk about this today because I love unpacking verses and I love talking about them. So today I'm just going to read this uh, quick passage in John when Nicodemus visited Jesus. And so I'm going to do this. And then I'd gone to a Lenten Bible study last week, and I thought I would just share with you some of the insights that came out of that. So feel free to pause this and go get your study Bibles or the Bible that you use. And we're going to be in John chapter 3, 1 through 17. Uh, John chapter 3, 1 through 17. I'm reading from the NRSV version. So now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with that person. Jesus answered him very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, how can anyone be born after growing, having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, You must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be true? Jesus answered him, Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world 
that he gave his only begotten son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. The word of the Lord. So when we first read that passage at the Lenten Bible study, the pastor, the the priest said to us, you know, everybody knows John 3.16 is on all the signs at the at the sports events. You know, God's God so loved the world, but he loves verse 17. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. So that's just a side note. In in an exegesis study, these go different ways. This is Lectio Divina. So this is a special way to do it. So we would read the passage first, just like I did, and then we would answer the first question. Then someone reads the, the passage a second time, and we read the next question and answer the next question. And then we read the passage a third time and a final time so that then we ask the next question. So I'm not going to read it each time, but I'm going to just go through the questions at this point. But that's how it's done. If you want to do this at home, you will read through the scriptures three times, but in between those times, you ask a certain question. And the questions are, if you want to jot these down, what do you think this passage is trying to say to the people of its own day? And that goes along with that question is what was happening then? What is what is um, the passage trying to say to the people of its own day? And the next question after another reading would be, what do you think this passage is trying to say to you personally right now? And you would read through the scriptures again. And the next question, you would ask, what do you think this passage is trying to say to the church and the world? So in that first question of what do you think this passage is trying to say to the people of its time? One person said that they felt like it it was that who has the power to preach and that Nicodemus was worried that he might not, you know, be lined up in the right way that Jesus is talking about. And Father Joe had mentioned that Nicodemus does go by night, and it seems like he was nervous to be seen. So what was going on at that time? Well, Nicodemus was a very powerful leader in in his community. And to be seen with Jesus, someone who is starting to get a buzz, and it's not always positive. <laughs> you know, they're wanting to find a way to, you know, to take care of Jesus and to get him from speaking some of these things that they don't understand. So, you know, he was nervous, and he did come to him in at night and and was nervous to be seen with him someone else had said that there was um yeah that nicodemus was the conqueror of the people so he had a lot of clout and they taught it talked about water and spirit and that water and spirit seems to be the baptism and that that possibly was the beginning of christianity uh, even though it was far enough away from the eternal sacrifice, Father Joe said that this was a pivotal turning point. And that uh, right before that, the um, temple had been, there had been a destruction. So this was about a hundred years after Jesus's event. So John was written, you know, not in, in the timing that it actually happened, but many, many years later. And it was 50 years after the destruction of the temple. And so that was a big deal. And everybody was kind of like, you know, still trying to recover from that. In that 
question of what do you think this passage is trying to say to the people of its own of its own day you know was it trying to say that there's a new time coming that this there's a shift here something is shifting uh john emphasizes that jesus was the sacrificial lamb and that um you know this passover uh was you know during this time and and that jesus was the sacrificial lamb um and father joe noted that in john he he records this that that jesus was sacrificed one day later than the other three gospels say he was sacrificed so for our sins so that you know the other thing that you learn as you're studying this is that not every author is the author that's listed of each bible um book and that the timing wasn't in in real time so things were recorded much much later after after events have happened so that's why some things are not lining up in the bible and people get upset that oh well you say it this way and then it says it this way over here well that's because people wrote the bible and they're they were told stories oral stories down to through time and then someone finally wrote it down and they did it from their perspective or they did it from the person they talked about talked to so it's going to be a little bit different the other thing that was brought up is that uh you know john refers to the jews um and so it seems like he was actually talking to the people like who was who was this being written for he was talking to his community and it seemed like you know you wonder how would they feel about this conversation you know and and this time and um would they feel attacked did they feel targeted um but it also sounded father joe felt like it, it sounded accusatory like the doors are locked by fear of the jews so you know people were also fearful that the Jews were going to get retaliation, maybe because of the temple, you know, so it wasn't so much that maybe the Jews were afraid, but people were afraid of the Jews. But yet the community was the community of this beloved disciple. And John has always been recorded as the beloved disciple. But John is not the author of this book. <laughs> That's another little thing that even though it was written by the beloved disciple, according to who named it, what who it was named after that John didn't really write it. I'm pausing to drink a cup of coffee. <laughs> I'm sorry about this, guys. This just happened overnight, so I'm kind of surprised that I'm not feeling well. All right, so um, the community was predominantly deeply Jewish. And, yeah, that's that's a diverse community. I mean, it, you know, you have people practicing on different levels. The Jews, it, it almost felt like it was an us thing that, you know, I'm I'm talking to the Jews, my people, us, and we did this to our teacher. We did this. So it almost takes on some ownership. And that was my feeling that it was almost like that, that they were owning that when they screamed, you know, send them Jesus to, to crucify instead of, you know, the other guy, um, it starts with a B word and I'm for the life of me. Can't remember which one they were trying to Barabbas, I think. Um, and, and they chose Jesus, but that was the Jewish community giving up one of, you know, giving up Jesus. And so they had to take some ownership of what they had, had decided. So, you know, what is this 
telling me right now? You know, what is, what is this passage saying to me? And I think that it's all about inclusivity for me, that we are all included. When, when Jesus talks about that, you know, we have been, um, no matter what heartbreak you go through, that we are still beloved to God, that Jesus sent was sent to be there for me and for you, and that he took on the sacrificial part as a human body to be killed for us. There's this inclusivity of all of what um, Jesus came here to do. One of the verses in verse 11, it says, go from, let me go back to verse 11 and, and pull that up. So in verse 11, it says, Verily, very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony, our testimony, and that's plural. And so that means that, you know, we had testified, you know, and you're not listening to what we've said, and that becomes inclusive also. John uses layers of meaning in Jewish um uh, imagery. So that tells us that, you know, he had a set target audience that he was trying to talk to and inspire to see this is where we've been. This is what we did. Now, what are we going to do about it, basically? And it just seemed like the entire community to Father Joe, it seemed like it was just full of heartbreak. Um, so for me personally, I felt included. Uh, as I said, someone else felt that that they were broke down to see, they had to be broke down to see God and that um, it was comforting to them because it's Jesus that they can look to as a beacon. Um, other thoughts on who who what what did it say to them personally is that you need to go in faith and um, continue uh, to teach people. Uh, because this is this is what we are here to do is to continue to enlighten and teach people. Baptism was brought up during this section that you know it's so important and it's powerful to remember that baptism is the way that we get washed clean and that we are also included. Father Joe enjoyed the curiosity of Nicodemus and it reminded him to be more curious and to be born, you know, be like being born from above. I mean, that's you know, I've I've been there and I've come here, you know, so to be really curious and to continue to ask questions, um, because uh, when it talks about in the in the uh, passage from above, um, that's a the Greek word for that means anew. So to be anew. And um, I loved that, that that just means that, you know, when you think about being washed clean and then you're brand new, I, I loved that. As we read it again, and we asked the final question of what do you think this passage is trying to say to the church and to the world, my first uh, impulse uh, was that we need to be flexible. We need to be able to roll with hard times and be able to move forward. And um, I would want to be able to, if I were going to talk to the world, one of the ways that Father Joe phrased that, excuse me, was that. If, I, if you were going to preach from this selection, 
what would you want to pull out of it? And and that's why I brought in that to be flexible, to be anew, to to move forward, to not stay stagnant and to continue to move forward so that we will continue to live and breathe what God is trying to do for us now. But if we hold too tightly onto the past, that we are always stuck in that moment of time, but we have to be willing to see the bigger picture and that we are still moving forward if to follow God, if God is still moving forward, then we need to be moving forward because we're going to be left in the old us instead of be be able to be anew. Um, other comments were renewal, um, being the right spirit, um, and and to reach out to our community. All of it, you know, bring everybody together. That was another thing that I wanted is to, you know, I think that that our world today needs to hear that message that that we all need to be together. You know, don't let us be the next community that does something horrible to someone in the name of fear or in the name of misunderstanding that we need to be a new way of doing things. And that that we definitely have to do self-reflection. You know, they talk about uh, racial uh, reformation and, and racial reconciliation. And we think, well, I wasn't born then. I didn't have anything to do with that. Well, guess what? What are you doing now? So if you do some self-reflection, how how supportive are you to the marginalized now? And yeah, the, the LGBTQIA plus community is marginalized. But what am I doing for my you know, black brothers and sisters, my brown brothers and sisters, my, you know, my widows, my, my poor people, you know, what am I physically and emotionally doing to change what was done hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago? It may not be the same thing that's happening back then that's happening now, but it's still not right. So for us to, to self-reflect and to see how am I conspiring with it by silence, by not showing up at the polls, by not paying attention to who I vote for. You know, all of those things are ways that we are blocking the progress of our nation and the progress that God is trying to work, I think, through us. And that takes a lot of faith. You know, someone had said in the in the um, class that everything is based on our faith. And even though we can't explain everything, and even though there are some things in the Bible that seem to be confusing, that faith that we have, that we just know that this is how it needs to continue to evolve, we feel the pull, we feel the nudge, lean into that and be able to look a little bit deeper. Even though the Bible may not be 100% accurate, the wealth of information that we were given that has lasted and and made it through and tested the time through this all this time there are still pearls of wisdom in there that i think god left for us and some of it's hard to hear uh and i just had this thought you know how how we are trying really hard to be able to teach our history to our children you know quit banning the books tell the right thing about the civil rights movement and how how slaves were treated you know talk about it but then when we get to the Old Testament and we hear all these grumpy things and these horrible things, we're like, well, let's just not deal with the, the Old Testament. Let's just deal in the New Testament. It's prettier and it's sweeter and happier and it's full of light and love. I don't like the Old Testament. But that's the same thing. I need to go to the Old Testament. I need to do exegesis on some of these passages and dig deeper to find out why I hate them so much and 
do they really mean what I think they mean? And if they do, what was happening during that time? Who was that being done to? Why was it being done? So I don't think I I need to continue to fear the Old Testament. I think I need to be able to uh, lean in and get a bigger view and a bigger understanding. And it's hard. And that's why I love doing exegesis with people who have studied and gone to seminary and know a whole lot more than I do. <laughs> Excuse me. Okay. So I think my, my throat has has reached its capacity. So um, I wanted to just do that today. One, because I didn't have a guest and I wanted to still come on and be with you guys. But also this is moving me. I love these Lenten Bible studies and uh, we've only had one, but I'm going to do everything I can to zoom in tomorrow because I I may not go if I'm still not feeling well, because I don't want to be in community with people and and have a virus or I don't have COVID. I tested, but um, I don't want to pass anything that I may be having. So, um, Anyway, I love this part of my growth right now. I love being able to look at scripture and pull it apart and and kind of figure out what's going on. And the most important part for me is what is it saying to me now and how can I send that message out, not only to you guys, but to to the world in whatever capacity I can. Thank you for joining me. I really appreciate your time. And I hope that you'll share this with others and that you'll continue to lean in and and be able to learn more from your own perspective. So if you um, want to join me on some of the things I've got going on right now, uh, you can check out our Facebook group, Gay With God, where we do a monthly Zoom group entitled My Faith Journey. And we just started leaning into asking some questions about scriptures in that one. So we may be doing some exegesis during My Faith Journey uh, group. And if you're interested in that, come be a part of that because we've had a good time uh you know, kind of unpacking some verses lately. Also, if you need support to help yourself through your own coming out or faith journey, you can go to the show page at empoweredmidge.podbean.com. Scroll all the way to the bottom and connect with me to receive some coaching. Also, this Thursday, March 9th, Uh, At 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I'm doing my next monthly installment of Ask Me Anything. I just love doing this. And so I can't wait for you to join us if you've not done so. Or if you want to be a a return attender, please do that. I would love for you to come back. Um, So I'll be reading another selection either from uh, the memoir or from the untold stories, the things that didn't make it in the memoir, kind of like my personal diary parts come and hear that. If you are interested in pre-ordering the book and you want to hear what the incentives are, I'll be going through the list of incentives that are included in the pre-order price. And I hope you'll do that if you're interested. If not, it is not required for you to do that. The Zoom link uh, that you can find in the Gay With God group and also on my personal Facebook page, uh, you do not have to agree to pre-order and I'm not even pressuring you to pre-order the book. Uh, It's just available for people who were like really, really wanting to go ahead and get it, it ordered so that they could get a signed copy and have the other incentives that I've put out there. All right. If you are listening to this podcast and are questioning whether you can be gay and be in a relationship with God of your of the God of your understanding, if you identify as LGBTQIA+, and even those who may be gay but they're not sure, God has always been with you and within you. And even when you didn't know it, you have always been gay with God. Thank you, everybody. Stay tuned so that you can see how you can join the Gay With God community. And as always, you are loved. I want to invite you to become a part of the Gay With God community. How can you do that? Stay connected 
by messaging me your thoughts and comments in the comment section under the downloads of the show on the Gay With God show page. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen and share, share, share so we can increase our community outreach and be a light to those who are struggling to claim their faith. Consider being a sponsor so I can highlight your service in our community. We are all worthy of respect and a relationship with the God of our understanding. I want to thank you in advance for supporting this podcast. Together, we as a community will keep this show visible and our community stronger. Deep gratitude to my friend Tim McClendon of Tim McClendon Music for allowing me to use an excerpt from Interlude 4, a song found on his CD entitled Sundance.